You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got lots to talk about in today's program. Later on, we'll uh, be learning about insurance for the connected home. I don't know what that's all about. Home insurance. Home insurance. And um, connected home products provided by your home insurance provider. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's gonna it's um it's hopefully really innovative. Ho- hopefully, it'll save me money. Well, that's the whole point. It essentially they're just trying that you never make a claim. That's what they're trying to do, right? <laughs> of course, <laughs> exactly, because that's how they make their money. But we're gonna learn a, a little bit about how they're using these uh, connected home products to to basically, you know, prevent you from having a water leak, which happened to me, by the way, in the. Oh, did I it? I don't. Did I tell you about this? No. I was, and we uh, get all these water leak no, I devices a, in all the time. No, no, no. And you don't have one. <laughs> what, it, what it was is, um, like, it got cold. Yeah. Like, we had a crazy winter, right? I have yeah. a really old house. My my uh, tap for the backyard, yes. the water tap, blew up, and it bursted and created a huge leak Ooh. at my at my house. And um, thankfully, it was – thankfully, it happened on a Sunday afternoon. I was eating a sandwich when it happened. Oh, my God. And um, I turned the main water off, and I was able to fix it. But um, it was it was interesting. It was something I knew it was going to happen if it really got cold because yeah. it's an old house. I'm like, if Do you have gets... water sensors in, like you know, I know D Link they make little water sensors. No, I didn't have a water. Oh, trust me, I didn't need a water sensor. It was <laughs> water was everywhere, and <laughs> water was all over the place. Didn't need any technology for that. Eh? No, no. But we're gonna we're gonna learn about you know getting water sensors. Provided by your home insurance company yeah. to ensure that um, if you are, say, on vacation, yeah. you will get those notifications. And it's more of a preventative measure. We'll also be talking uh, with Christopher Mims, tech columnist for the Wall Street Journal, about how chip designers are breaking Moore's Law. Yeah. Because for a while they've been saying Moore's Law is dead. And that's basically, I think, every two years, chip speeds double yeah. or processing power doubles. And they just were saying it can't be done anymore. We've well, well, you, you remember if you bought a computer and the next year the computers are twice as fast. Yeah. That's Moore's Law. And it's coming to an end. And so we're going to learn a little bit about that and specifically about the processor. So a little bit of a geeky conversation, but uh, it's really important because um, this is something that we've known since the 90s and it's coming to an end finally. Apple this week uh, has unveiled a few new gadgets Red iPhones, yes, uh, I believe they're available as of uh, yesterday. Uh, this is for their product red campaign. So a portion of the proceeds goes to uh, HIV research and charities, uh, which it's a good cause. I think they've raised over $130 million uh, worldwide uh, since they began this program. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see these phones online. We're going to be getting one in yeah, uh, for I the heard. show. Yeah. Uh, they're beautiful. Well, y- to me, it was more about the iPad. That, that news, was the other. That, that was the other big news because if you look at Apple, the last product category that they created, like out of the blue, was the iPad in 2010. Tablets, yeah. The tablet. And since then, tablet sales have been going down. And the reason why is if you buy an iPad, you don't need to upgrade it like your phone every two years. Well, the thing is the phones are getting so big now. Uh, so the screens are giant. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people are just using their phones now uh, because there's so much real estate on there, uh, so to speak. And uh, to your point, like, there's not huge compelling reasons to update your your tablet. 
uh, you know, I've I've got some tablets at home that are uh, four years old, and yeah. they're still doing well. Well, there's a caveat to that, Mike. I got my mom a, a tablet, an yes. iPad. She doesn't even use her laptop anymore. She just is completely on there. However, Apple, being Apple, um, you know, you want to get the, the latest Facebook uh, app? They go, you need to upgrade to the latest OS. Operating system. So... So I will. I'll be like, okay, upgrade. They go, oh, this tablet's not supported with the latest OS. <laughs> so she's stuck. Well, that must be really old tablet. Well, it is. It's yeah. an iPad two, so the second oh, version. That's, that's which came out in twenty twelve. God, that's like five years old. Yeah, it, it belongs in a museum. So I, I think Apple and the other tablet manufacturers are hoping you upgrade your tablet every two to three years. Like yeah, we but do with they our make phones. you if you if you can't actually physically update the app or the operating system, what choice do you have, right? So, mom, if you're listening, you're going to get a new tablet, <laughs> new <laughs> iPad really soon. Well, the new iPad, uh, kind of similar shape and size to the current uh, version. Uh, they're not calling it the iPad Air anymore. It's just the iPad. Better screen, faster processor. The big story, though, is the price drop. Uh, it's yes. at least a $100 price drop. I think it's about 449 uh, for a 32 gigabyte version here in Canada, they've gotten the price down to 329 in the U.S. And the bigger story there is then the education market. Yeah. For education market down in the U.S., they've hit a 299 price point, and that's significant because Apple has lost a lot of market share in schools and education. They used to be kind of the de facto standard when it came to computers in the classroom. Well. Windows and Microsoft uh, have made huge inroads, and the big one is Google and with Google Chromebooks. Yes. These are these cheap laptops that are just like three hundred bucks. Uh, they don't really have any storage space. Everything's in the cloud. You're using Google Docs, uh, which is like for word processing and uh, presentations, the web browser. So not huge amounts of processing power. But the price point is cheap, and it's really easy for the schools to maintain and look after these. These Chromebooks are running an operating system called Chromium, which essentially is the Chrome browser. So you open it up. You just have your Chrome browser. You can surf the web. You can, like you said, you can use Google Docs. You could actually use uh, Office 365, the online version. And the price point is really cheap. A lot of educators are buying – like they're just giving – for a lot of young kids, like say you're 9 or 10, that's your first entry these days for your first computer in the classroom. And, uh, of course, Apple has to compete with that. I have a question for you. You have the iPad Pro. Yes. Now, they are really positioning the iPad Pro as a laptop replacement. Yeah, but it's uh, – yes. And so it, what do you think? Do you think it can compete? Because it comes I, with – You with know, the, when I go traveling now, I take, I take my iPad Pro. Yeah. Uh, because – I love the I have the big 12.9 inch screen the giant one and so it's great for doing presentations if I'm in a meeting uh, it's great on the plane because it's a giant screen and I can watch my favorite TV shows battery and movies fantastic. the battery life's great it lasts all day yeah uh, and the keyboard uh, you know it's it's a snap on keyboard and it it works fantastic so, but the price point it's like well, expensive it's over a thousand bucks so yeah, yeah this isn't something you're gonna drop into schools but do you think for people out there if they need a a tablet and a laptop, could they just get the iPad Pro? And it depends what they're doing. If you're just doing uh, word processing, email, email. Uh, web surfing, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get the Apple Pencil with it as well, and you can draw and take notes, sign things. It, it's pretty good, and it's fast. Yeah. It is super fast. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's like 
over a million apps, you know, in the Apple iOS ecosystem. And, you know, that's the big thing with the iPad and trying to get that back into the education market. Uh, I mean, the Chromebooks are fantastic. There's no question. Uh, reliable, cheap. Uh, but I think where the iPad has maybe something going for it is there's over 180,000 educational apps yes. for it. Yeah. So from you know an educator's standpoint, that, that's kind of appealing. However, you do have to get a keyboard for it. So they've hit the 299 price point in the U.S., but then you have to get another $100 keyboard. So right. you're, up, you're up around 400 U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, again, they're, they're pretty reliable, uh, and I, I think they'll give the Chromebooks a run for their money at that price. Yeah, you know, and, and there are laptops that are, like, about $500, but at that, you know, you, there's cheaper, so many different or cheaper, options. Or cheaper, yeah. Well, there's so many different options. You don't. I, I found when I, I buy cheap Windows laptops, you get what you pay for. Yeah. That that laptop, you know, if you spend, like, 400 bucks on it or 350 bucks, uh, you know, within a couple of years, it's slow as a dog. Yeah. It, it's just not running, you know, the programs that fast, and you end up buying another laptop. So, you know, if you spent a little bit more money, that laptop is going to give you much more life. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we come back from the break, we've got lots more tech to talk about. Uh, we'll be listening to uh, how chip designers are breaking Moore's Law. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. We still have lots to talk about. Later on in the program, we'll uh, go open line, taking your tech calls and questions. We've got Christina Stoyanova back with her app of the week. It's actually super cool. i got a sneak Oh, you got peek. a sneak peek? Yeah. She won't usually do that, but... How, how did you get the uh, I wore, up about I that? wore her down. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll also be talking uh, about devices, uh, connected devices, to help bring your insurance premiums down, hopefully. Moore's Law. Gordon Moore, the Intel co-founder back in 1965, noticed that the number of transistors per square inch on an integrated circuit had doubled every year since their invention. I think it was 18 months, to be specific. Yeah, yeah. roughly. Um, so that's coming to an end. On the line right now, we have uh, our guest. His name is Christopher Mims, tech columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Christopher. Thanks for having me. So is Moore's Law truly dead? It's not dead. As one of the experts I talked to put it, it is, uh, it's not going to hit a brick wall. It's going to slowly sputter to an end. So the the time between the uh, the doubling of the elements on a microprocessor that's growing longer and longer. It's grown to two years now, two and a half years. It could grow even longer. And you know the uh, the amount of performance that we get out of a chip when the the elements on it double that's going down as well. Well, that's interesting because uh, in the past everything was revolved around typically in a computer around the one processor. Uh, but now, you know, and your article was really great in explaining this, uh, there's spe- specialization happening. It's not just the one main processor handling everything. There's graphics chips and, and all sorts of other types of chips that, uh, depending on what type of function, help uh, speed up the process for different tasks. Yeah, I, I think the appropriate analogy is the human brain. We're really kind of reproducing it in silicon. So, you know, you have uh, parts of your optic nerve and your and your visual cortex that are specialized for processing visual information and you have things that are specialized for processing auditory information and in your smartphone you've got those plus you've got chips that are just there to uh you know figure out your location in space uh you know handle 3D graphics so you know what companies like Qualcomm and Nvidia and Apple and Samsung are all trying to do is get all those processes off the CPU free it up for the tasks that it absolutely has to do 
and process everything else in parallel in these little specialized cores on the chip. Well, it's interesting uh, when you look at Apple, for example, like you mentioned, they've gotten into designing their own chips uh, for their devices, their iPhones and, and tablets and, and what have you. Uh, so they obviously understand uh, uh, the advantages to this. Yeah, Apple's way ahead. I mean, the other thing that Apple does is, you know, they because they control everything, you know, from so- software to hardware all the way down to the chip level, they can do, uh, you know, what are broadly called ASICs, which are application-specific integrated circuits. It means that they can take things that would normally be in code that have to get done by the CPU and just turn that into silicon, and then, you know, you get a 25 or 100x speed up on, you know, very subtle things. You know, it could be something as subtle as, uh, you know, how scroll works on the iPhone. Um, but if you can speed that up by turning it into silicon, that's a, that's a way to kind of make an end run around Moore's Law. So, you know, we talked about the different types of uh, tasks. Obviously, there's uh, the smartphone. It's doing a bunch of different things, you know, GPS, location, uh, gaming, graphics. Uh, but, you know, some of the other things uh, your article uh, discussed were uh, things like artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, drones. Yeah, that's where a lot of progress is being made. You know, it's following in the footsteps of mobile. It's been a little slower because the the catch here is that creating these specialized chips it's not cheap and uh, it's not easy and it takes a lot of design chops. So these things had to get to a big enough scale in terms of volume to justify chip makers making specialized chips for drones, for example. You know, that started out as just general purpose, you know, a mobile chip, like a Snapdragon chip you'd have in a high-end smartphone. But now, you know, Qualcomm is putting more and more specialized functions in those chips and saying, here, you know, this is specifically for drones. AR, uh, augmented reality, and virtual reality are areas where this is going to be huge simply because they're they're so processor intensive you just you can't do it i mean this is why all the really good vr systems are tethered you have this cable coming off your headset connected to a powerful pc if we eventually want to make that all in one on your head uh we're going to have to make mobile processing a lot more powerful which means offloading as much of that visual processing as possible to these specialized chips so obviously it's uh, this is kind of the future of computing uh, having all these specialized chips and and running parallel like doing tasks at the same time yeah this is unequivocally the the future of computing it's happening in the data center as well so that's one reason that you know intel's dominance in the data center might be threatened is that you can do more and more tasks you know in parallel on these smaller lower powered arm chips um you know artificial intelligence is a big application there and the great thing about artificial intelligence is that it's really as computer scientists say parallelizable uh, you know, it can be broken into this, this, these, it's massively parallel. It can be broken into all these teeny tiny tasks that can be done at the same time by many, many uh, processors. Chris, one thing I don't think a lot of people realize is the smartphone that they have in their hand today has more processing power than the computers that actually got, you know, a man on the moon in the 60s. Where, where, where do you see Intel? Like, we, we talk a lot about Qualcomm, but... W- how is Intel? Are they still innovating, or do you see these other chip manufacturers kind of taking more of a space? Because, like, like you mentioned, the Snapdragon that is a is a very popular processor in a lot of smartphones today. Intel is definitely responding. They're making a lot of acquisitions. They've acquired, you know, companies that do uh, like Mobileye, Computer Vision, and Silicon for uh, self-driving cars, which is another area where this is going to see a lot of application. Uh, in some ways, they're playing catch up because their specialty has always been, you know, let's 
let's make the chip faster by, by making the elements on it smaller and packing more in. Um, you can never count them out, though, because there, there are some funny end games that could happen. Like, what if Intel is the only company that can get down to the very, very smallest physically possible so-called process nodes? So you get down to, like, 7 or 4 nanometers. You know, the point at which the individual transistors are just tens of atoms across. What if other chip manufacturers can't get to that point? Well, at that point, you know, they would all have no choice but to pay Intel in order to fabricate their chips for them. So you can't count them out. They're definitely playing catch-up in some ways, but their technology advantage remains for now. But that changes quickly. Uh, Christopher, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's, uh, obviously, you write for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, is there uh, other ways for uh, our listeners to uh, learn more about you? Uh, that's it. Just... Uh, Look me up on the Wall Street Journal. That's all my work these days. I've heard of that publication. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Christopher. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Still lots to talk about on today's program. Later on, we've uh, got our app of the week, and we're going to find out how insurance companies are using connected devices to uh, help monitor your home and hopefully reduce your insurance premiums. I'm I'm into that. I hate paying insurance. I heard heard, uh, you just renewed your car insurance recently. Yeah, there's a whole story in that. <laughs> well, we'll learn about that too. There's, um, they're they're doing a lot on the car insurance as, as well to reduce your premiums, uh, provided you put these little black boxes in your car. You're listening. To Get connected. We'll be back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great contest uh, this week, Andy. We are giving away the ASUS Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. If you need a tablet. If you need a laptop, you're going to get both in this because it's a convertible. <laughs> it is a laptop that you can take the screen off and turn into a tablet. It's kind of like the best of both worlds. And it's, all it's you, beautiful, and it's so uh, tiny. It is. It is. And we were just talking about uh, microprocessors. This actually has an Intel processor inside it. It's the Atom X5 processor. So you can do everything that you would expect from a tablet. You can do everything you expect from a laptop all in one device. Just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop provided by our friends over at Intel Canada. Insurance, it's a multi-billion dollar game. Uh, It protects us, though, everything from our cars to our homes. Uh, We're going to find out what they're doing to use technology to... uh, Help things out. On the line, we've got uh, Alex Villeroux, uh, Director in Innovation and Strategic Partnerships at Desjardins General Insurance Group. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Good morning. Thanks for, uh, for having me. So what are, what are you guys doing uh, <clears throat> as far as technology now when it, it comes to homes? We all uh, have to have home insurance. There's all sorts of crazy things that can happen in our, in our homes. Uh, Andy and I were talking about water damage earlier in the show, uh, obviously fire and, and uh, theft. Uh, what, what, what are you guys up to? We're taking advantage of uh, you know all the fuss with the new connected object and the Internet of Things, and we just launched this week earlier on Tuesday a brand new pro- a brand new offer that enables our uh, home insured customers to receive for free uh, connected object sensors that they can place into their homes at in risk areas, for example, by the sink, so they can get early detection if there's any water leak, any risk of freeze uh, or variation in humidity. Kind of cool. And so by putting these um, these things in, in, in your home, do you get a reduced insurance premium or is this kind of more of a preventative type uh, 
situation? It's really more preventative. So we're providing the the sensors and the hardware for free. Uh, we really feel that this is a win-win situation for us, the insurer, and our uh, and our customers. It's really peace of mind. As you know, for us, uh, water-related damage uh, represents more than 50% uh, of our claims. So by bringing, uh, by harvesting uh, this new technology, uh, we really try to bring peace of mind to our consumers. And is this something that uh, uh, homeowners uh, can install themselves, or does someone have to come in and do it? Yeah, that was key to the solution. We really wanted something that was DIY, uh, do-it-yourself. So it's very simple. You remove a little tab that protects the battery. You just configure the, the Wi-Fi password of your home, and there you go. It's already integrated with your with your uh, the Bishard the mobile app or uh, SMS or email. Alex, is this something that you just provide when people get home insurance, or is this like an extra payment to to get these connected home products installed in their home? No, that's something that we offer for free to all of our existing and new uh, home insurance customers. Because I had this problem. like uh, Mike and I were talking about water damage. I was actually uh, during winter on vacation, and I, I kept looking at the – the uh, the weather in Vancouver because I was worried that I was going to get uh, one of my pipes was going to burst because I have an old home. And, um, you know, it, it would be great to have that because if you're on vacation, you have one of these water sensors, essentially you're going to get a, a push notification onto your smartphone if something happens. Is that is that how everything works together? It's exactly that. So either there's already a little bit of water infiltration that would be detected if the temperature, for example, drops below 10 degrees, which then is an indicator that there might be a risk of a bursting pipe. So you'll get a notification. And not only yourself, for example, if you're far away abroad or something, you can have what we call guardians, either your neighbor or a family member that lives close by that will also receive those notifications and can take proactive action. So now your neighbors, Andy, are going to get notifications every two days. Well, well, you want to make sure they have a key to your place as well so they can uh, you know, turn your uh, main water valve off. Alex, um, is uh, Desjardins getting this information as well, or is it just going to the homeowner? It's, it's only going to the homeowner. Uh, I think we're, we've launched a few years ago uh, the first smartphone-based telematics program uh, in Canada, and we really uh, pride ourselves in protecting the privacy and personal data of our consumers. So we want to make sure that uh, all of that is very clear to our consumer. The data is for them to receive notification. That data is never being utilized for either claims purposes or impact on premium or any of that. Alex, are you working with, uh, say, a manufacturer, or or is this something that people could just buy from the store, or do you have a, a direct relationship with the manufacturers that are making these connected home products? Yes, that's a great question. We do have a partner. Uh, their name, the name of the company is Roost out of uh, Mountain View, California. Uh, so they are our partner to manufacture the device, and we're distributing that directly to our uh, to our insured. I also understand that, of course, Desjardins also does uh, car insurance. Do you have any offerings on that front for people to reduce their premiums based on their driving habits by putting one of those, uh, you know, black boxes or, or something in their vehicle? Yes, we do. We do have what we call the UBI or telematics offer. It's called Adjusto. Uh, and we're, uh, we went one step above what you just referred to as a black box. Uh, we launched in 2015 the first 
North American and almost in the world, the first solution that does not require additional hardware, only the smartphone can trigger and, and, and provide you driving feedback. And then you can earn up to 25% discount on your premium. Wow. That's... But... Yeah, but they could also charge you like a hundred percent more, like in my case. <laughs> my, <laughs> my poor driving. <laughs> again, again, very. We, we again, we're very bring very clear and precise that you know the data gathered for from the telematics offer can never be used uh, to penalize you either with a surcharge or a variation in your premium. It's really just to earn a rebate on top of that. Very cool. Where can people find out more information about this, Alex? The best way is just go to either the Google Play Store or uh, or Apple to uh, to and just search for Desjardins Insurance uh, Home and Auto, and you'll get the app. In the app, you'll see the product for the car telematics and also uh, the connected home, just called Alert. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That was Alex Fulou, Director of Innovation and Strategic Partnership over at Desjardins General Insurance Group. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We'll take a few of your tech calls and questions after the next break here. If you've got any uh, tech support issues you need help with, we can help you. 604-280-9898. And long distance anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We're taking a few of your calls, 604-280-9898. We're going to hit uh, Randy. Hey, Randy. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, um, hi. Um, last week on your show, one of the last callers phoned in about how to get pictures from his computer onto his TV through his Apple TV. Yes. Yeah. And I have what I believe will be a little easier answer than what you guys passed on to him. Sure. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Well, if you have iTunes on your computer, you just go to the file menu under iTunes, under the home sharing, yep. and select, and then just um, navigate to the folder of the pictures you want to share with Apple TV. Yes, that is easy. <laughs> and then it sends it to them. Yeah, and then you can just uh, again view them on the the television screen. Is yeah, that what? And you can and you can redirect it to any folder you want at any given time. No, I love it. If I remember, the caller didn't have an Apple TV, and no, that he was did. one of the. He, he did. did. He oh, did. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, actually a really great. Personally, you know, Mike, I don't like iTunes. I actually tried to remove iTunes from my MacBook, and it was like, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed. To yeah, that's just... un- ungodly to do that. <laughs> there is a way. I I did some research. You can manually remove iTunes because every time I try to play like a music file or something like that, it always opens up iTunes. I'm old school. I still like Winamp, like the oldest. Oh my God, Winamp. Winamp. I had a dream about Winamp last night. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, it was weird. I was uh, trying to get into my computer and the Winamp, uh, which is this uh, audio music program, yeah. it just kept popping up in front of, of my screen yeah. and I couldn't I couldn't close it. Really? That is, I got to get better dreams. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, just that's, weird. That's yeah. a pretty geeky dream. Yeah. Uh, another one is VLC. I really like VLC. It's... Um, yeah, that's you know, good. One. It can play all the different file formats, but uh, yeah, that's actually a really great suggestion. Is to just if you're in the Apple ecosystem, iTunes is going to be your savior because it'll connect to all your various devices, and yeah. especially with iCloud as well. Thanks, Randy, for uh, giving us that uh, tip. Uh, if you are in the uh, Apple world, uh, you should check out the iTunes App Store or the, or the Apple App Store. Uh, they've got a, a Made in Canada series going on to celebrate. Uh, Canadian app developers. Oh, it's kind of cool, and uh, they're actually uh, highlighting uh, 
Uh, I think uh, the West Coast in the next few weeks here, made in Vancouver. And, you know, there's some pretty huge apps that are made here. Uh, Plenty of Fish, for example, yes. was done here. Uh, Lululemon has their shopping app done here. Uh, Electronic Arts, of course, uh, here in town. EA, yeah. uh, the FIFA Mobile Football uh, app. Uh, Hootsuite, that's a fantastic social media manager uh, uh, app and, and program. Uh, and, uh, you know, RunGo, we've uh, had uh, that... Uh, that company on the show That's as well. That's right, yeah. Uh, and the list, I, I'm just blown away by uh, some of these uh, here in BC. The Frosty Pops Corpse uh, Slapshots uh, is another uh, kind of fun uh, app uh, that you can download for your iPhone and uh, your iPad as well. And uh, also, you know, educational things like Fresh Grade for students. So uh, if you are uh, an Apple lover, uh, check out the Apple App Store in the uh, Made in Canada section, and check out some of the local uh, homegrown talent. In within the Apple App Store, there's over a million apps. You know, remember back in the early days, Mike, of um, smartphones, we used to always say, "There's an app for that." There's an app for that. We don't say that anymore because there's pretty much an app for everything these days. So whether you're you're you know looking for Hootsuite, like a social media manager, or RunGo, which is a great app for just running and you know oh that's amazing that one yeah the run go app and it works fantastic with the apple watch too it's it's super cool uh we'll take one more quick call here we've got ken hey ken hey are you good a quick question uh i'm updating my home theater yes and your take on lcd versus projector which is king oh oh Oh. Oh. that's Uh, a big can of worms right yeah uh yeah it just depends uh how big of a screen you want really not only that, it depends on your room yeah. because we have a projector in our office. Yes. And I remember when we moved into this new office, the first thing I said was, Mike, we need a projector because it, as long as you have a large distance between where your projector is and where your, your wall is, you can make that screen big. Our, our projector, we have a 1080p uh, Epson projector. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. We have a 19-foot screen. We don't, not even inches. We're in feet. It's all kinds of awesome. And it's 1080p, full HD. But the reason why we were able to do that is because we have that length to, to be able to do it because a projector can only project as big as the, the width of your room. Yes. So that actually, for a lot of people, the fact that it has HDMI inputs, it can replace your television. The only thing – and one of, one of the worries I had when we put this in was the, the bulb because yeah. the bulb – you know you. Everyone's like, you have to replace the projector bulb, but we've had this on for what, two years? Almost two years now? Yeah, nonstop. And we haven't, we haven't, yeah. we haven't replaced the bulbs. So. The bulbs are a lot better nowadays. So it, uh, you know, it depends on your room. If you have a home theater room, projector, you can get a beautiful, large picture on that, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the price it will come in cheaper than trying to buy a giant uh, LED. Panel. Exactly. You know exactly. I mean? like, so if you have. I mean, there's like 80 inch ones now, but you're getting up. You know, into the thousands and thousands. Yeah, of so it's um, you can get a, a 1080p projector like an Epson one for about a thousand dollars. Yeah, which you know, televisions you can probably get the same price, but you have so much more flexibility with it. Uh, I was always worried about the bulbs. We've had one on every day, Monday to Friday, and we haven't replaced it. So uh, it's uh, and and it depends on the light source. If you yeah. if you have windows and stuff. You want to be able to make sure that you yeah, can get it's a gotta, dark room. Yeah, the darker, the better, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. When we come back from the break, it's App of the Week time with Christina. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. And it's that time of the week, App of the Week. Christina, been gone for a while. Back from 
prison? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm reformed. Fantastic. Newly reformed. Fantastic. Are we safe? Uh, kinda. Yeah. I mean, you're you're small, but you look you look dangerous. I am feisty. You are feisty. <laughs> Uh, what app have you got for us this week? I have an app to help students get their homework done, developed by a student. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. How uh, does it work? It's this 14-year-old BC boy. Oh, Canadian. Yes. Oh, awesome. Developed this app that works with the Facebook Messenger app. It's a bot, actually, that will ask you, you upload your class schedule, and it will ask you if you have homework after each class, and will then summarize your homework at the end of the day. Because I'm sure the students will love that. Well, it beats carrying around those agendas we had to carry around when I was in school because your phone's always with you. So oh, you can yeah. input everything in there and then you get a summary at the end of the day. It's fantastic. So it'll remind you what class you have as well? Uh, well, I hope at the very least you know that. But <laughs> I always had trouble because they always switched the blocks up for me and I was always confused as to what class was what. Yeah. I was okay. a troubled child. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this is kind of cool. Uh Developed by a student, and uh, most kids are using, uh, you know, messaging apps like Facebook Messenger. So uh, that's that's neat. It just automatically kind of reminds them and gets them to do it. Yeah, and it has really simple commands. There's about nine of them. They're listed on the website. Super easy to Could use. Could have helped you, Andy. Yeah. I was actually pretty organized. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I was not. I had left everything to the last minute. Shocking. Yes. I am shocked. Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't know that, would you, Andy? No, no, I was on top. I was actually a really good student. Were you? Oh, yeah. Were well, you? I did well, but I just, yeah, it was always like the night before, like the Sunday night. Yeah, you know, like a lot of these kids, they, they do these all-nighters, and they think, I, I actually looked at the research, all-nighters did not help you. Like studying all night, you might as well just have a nice, good sleep, and you can retain more information. But yes. if you don't have that information yes. to begin with, that's why you're doing the all-nighter. <laughs> yeah, but that, 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 that comes down to your, your scheduling <laughs> habits, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I have a son like that. I won't say which one. But There's only two of them. So. I know. <laughs> he knows who he is if he's listening. <laughs> so just to mention the name of the app, oh, which yes, we've okay, forgotten. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's the Christopher Bot. So you can find it at ChristopherBot.co. Cool. And so this work with the mobile messenger? Yes. Yeah. So you're not going to find this on the App Store because okay. it actually works with Facebook Messenger. Okay. So the website again? ChristopherBot.co. ChristopherBot.co. want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer. Uh, and uh, welcome back, Christina, uh, with the app segments. want to thank all the uh, folks back at the office and our control operators uh, as well. Don't forget to hit our website, giving away an Asus Transformer tablet, laptop, getconnectedmedia.com, or you can visit our Facebook page as well where the contest lives. We'll see you again next time.